In the managed care system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The HCC Risk Adjustment Department, who tracks down medical records and ICD-10 codes, and the Quality Stars Team, who partners with primary and specialty providers to ensure ideal clinical outcomes. These are their stories. Our clients come from all levels of organizations, of Medicare Advantage organizations and providers and vendors, right? So there, there have been... Speak up just a little bit. There have been 27... False Claims Act cases involving risk adjustments okay. since the program went into effect. And the whistleblowers are, you know, coders, they're billers. A lot of them are physicians or clinicians. Interesting clinicians. Who feel like their organization has put far too much pressure, pressure. on them right to, to, upcode. to code it. Everybody, has the, yeah. everybody or, has the highest specificity of diabetes that's right. possible. Or right? we've also had the purple unicorn of the physician coder. That's right. right. That's that is right. a purple unicorn. And, and we've got we've got <laughs> clients who are compliance in the compliance department. Some of them are executives within okay. these organizations who have. So the executives, executives uh, tell it on themselves. That's interesting. Well, as long as you can point the finger upward. Yes. <laughs> now, so that's interesting. Is that anonymous? So if you're representing, if an executive, are they actually going on record, or are they an anonymous? Um, person that's that's filing a, a claim i mean would, would i say james lewis you know uh coo of x health plan i'm actually putting my name out there because uh, that's not going to be a very pleasant board meeting the next the next series of board meetings well under the false claims act the complaints are filed under seal so they're okay. confidential initially okay. but there is a point at which those cases become public become unsealed so eventually yes their name has wow. to be out there and they have to be willing to to be the public face of of, of wow. those allegations. Um, you know, there are circumstances where we can file under uh, an LLC, right, so that we can kind of try to maintain the anonymity okay. of the whistleblower for a longer period of time. And sometimes organizations are whistleblowers, right? So sometimes there are um, organizations that are aware of fraud by a competitor, uh, okay. by a vendor or a vendor who's aware of unfair competition by another vendor. Those individuals, those companies themselves can be whistleblowers. And it, it, it is also very helpful if your name does, if you reach the point where your name does come out, the government either joins your case or doesn't. It's often at the point where the government has corroborated what you have to say, so it's not quite as hard to be a whistleblower when you have the federal government saying, um, we want to join your case, we corroborate what you say, and we believe you. And that's the goal many times, is to get the government to intervene. And in the risk adjustment space, the government has intervened in 64% of these cases, which is okay. three times the frequency of False Claims Act litigation generally. Okay. And we're starting to see a lot of fabulous case law being created that is actually putting wind at the back of the government that's basically saying that risk adjustment fraud, when you in include diagnoses that you shouldn't, that that's a viable legal theory. So well, you're going to see more of these cases, not less. Well. So if you're just tuning in, I am talking to Mary Inman and Ed Baker. They're with Constantine Cannon. They actually are with a firm that represents individuals that are whistleblowers 
on uh, Medicare fraud cases, which I think if you're on LinkedIn or you're just bumping around on CNN or Fox News, wherever you get your, your source of information from, every few months you hear about a moderately sized plan. A lot of them are in California for some reason that's having some issue where they've been accused of Medicare fraud and you've had longitudinal um, you know, studies and research on, on if the fraud occurred. And then they get, you know, they get banged for $40, $50 million. They have to give a significant amount of money back. Um, these people here, they're, they're a part of that process. Now, I want to hear about, I think, the, the people that listen on terrestrial radio. Tell us about the litigation process. Is it, is it sexy? Is it like <laughs> L.A. law? <laughs> you know, what is the litigation process like? Who are you litigating in front of? Is it, is it uh, a private arbitrator? Is it, is it a, a national court? Is it a circuit court? Like, where, who are you litigating with? So in False Claims Act cases, when we're litigating, it gets really sexy because we often have the prosecutors with us. So we're the private attorneys who are representing the whistleblowers, but hopefully by the time we're going in front of a jury trial, we have a U.S. attorney, so someone from the Department of Justice beside us. Nice. So um, we are sitting at the table with them, and we are going after and asking really difficult questions of health plans who maybe decided to do a one-way chart review instead of a two-way chart review. Right. I was heavy on audit. I think my standard was 30%. I was going to audit about a third of all of the charts that came through um, until they checked out. And, you know, if they checked out, you lower it maybe to 20, maybe lower it to 10. I never went below 10. I think 10 is the bare minimum. And that's after you have three years of verification, both through an internal, uh, my coders that report to me, and an independent audit, meaning I'm going to bring in a Pixio or Arcadia, one of these great groups that are out here that have said, hey, your, your error rate is 3%, and that's documented, that's discussed at the board level. Then I'm going down to 10%. But I don't know, you know, I wasn't taught that necessarily. Um, I think when I was early at risk adjustment 15 years ago, I was auditing 50 charts a year. I wasn't doing it to be dishonest. That's just what I was taught. So I think over, over uh, the years, you get rad beat, you get burned, uh, you go through all of these different things. You know, I did HEDIS too, so you get a no report, and you learn to be a little bit more um, wise with, with your audit process. But I just, I'm always fascinated with people like yourself because your claim system you know, is it fraud if you're just incompetent? <laughs> there are a lot of health plans out there that are incompetent or they have minimal funds or they're new, they're startups, they just don't know what they don't know. I don't want to be facing, I don't ever want to see you two ever on the health plan side. See, I'm a, I'm a media personality now, so it's, I have fun with you guys, but I'd be scared bleepless if I was still a quality executive and you guys came rolling in my office. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping people aren't, you know, too afraid of us to come talk to us if, if they feel that there's a problem, um, you know, because we want to help solve these problems right. too. Uh, and and you know, Medicare Advantage is an incredibly successful public-private partnership. Yeah, we need the private industry. It's one of the best in the country. Really, it, it is. And and yet, you know, it needs oversight. Right. It needs it needs enforcement so that it's fair for everyone. And the False Claims Act, which is this statute that we use is also an incredibly successful public-private partnership. And it relies on private whistleblowers mm. to come forward, to work with the government, to make sure there's adequate oversight and enforcement. Well, I think we agree there. It's the whole concept that whistleblowers are rats and snakes, and that's, I, don't, I don't buy that. I mean, it's your, we are public servants. You know, this is government-funded stuff. So, I mean, your loyalty should be to the government and to the, and to the members. You know, if money is being misappropriated, that actually hurts the members. So I, I'm a supporter of that. Um, as we wrap up, 
kind of curious, the, the last question that I have, you know, if somebody wanted to reach out to you guys or had some questions, how do we find you? Yeah, so we have a really active blog called The Whistleblower Insider. Okay. Um, we are on LinkedIn. We have a Twitter account, both the practice, whistleblower practice, and individually. Um, you can find us just about everywhere. Okay. We do a lot of writing and public speaking, and we're almost always at RISE. We love coming to the RISE conferences. <laughs> okay. So what far, you, they love us, too. To pick your brain, what do you think the solution? Like, how, how do we make this better so that... I don't want to put you guys out of business, but how do we have better processes so that we don't get to these whistleblowers? Is it better to engage with you before it even gets to a litigation process? We would love to be put out of business. Um, unfortunately, fraud is uh, systemic and epidemic. So, um, But I think one of the best things that can happen is to actually listen to the whistleblowers. You were saying, are you scared? You know, people should be scared when they see us. All of our whistleblowers who brought cases against major health insurance plans and providers reported internally first. Right. That's not their first call is not to the government. As their consultants, first call. do you have a rubric or a model that maybe how to engage with a whistleblower so it doesn't yes. get to? I think is that it? So I think that's a great if I was all executives that listen to this show, it's quite a few. I would engage with Constantine Cannon if I was still on that side of the table. I would definitely want to sit down and talk to you about if I do have a whistleblower. So if I'm a CMO. Um, which usually runs all of the coding right. stuff, reports through that person or CFO. It's one, of, it's one or the other. I would sit down and talk to you about, hey, if I do have a whistleblower, can I follow these seven steps to make sure that it doesn't mushroom into, you know, being on the front page of the New York Times or the Washington Post or, or you know, Fox News or MSNBC or, or whomever, CNN, you know. I, I, don't, I don't want the guys with, with badges and guns coming and kicking my door in. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Classic sneakers I had, Patrick Ewins. Oh, Ewins, Ewins was hot. The, 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 the blue, orange, and white. Was got those. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, a fresh yeah. pair You got to bring those into the studio. You gotta, you gotta bring and those I got the, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Adidas. I didn't even know that he had a shit. What? And I got the Stan Smith. I'm telling you, these I don't even know what the Stan, Stan Smith is. The Stan Smith, the green and whites, the official color. I got the official Pumas. The red suede, the blue suede. Official Pumas. Classic. So, Classic. Hold down. up. Hold up. The first Air Force Ones. The Dunks. The Flights. Uh, what else was, was crazies? Uh, uh, the Hibachis. James Lewis. You talking about the Hirachis or Hira- the Hibachis? I call them Hibachis, Hirachis, okay. whatever. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now. Just a little more The feeling someone's always there Just to show how much they care The feeling you're not alone Now she's a part of your home With so much to protect each day Caring goes a long, long way Nationwide is on your side Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with a team of risk adjustment experts who deeply understand the complexities of every facet of healthcare. 
We partner with our health plan and healthcare clients to emphasize transparency and trust to truly become a valuable extension of their team at every step of the way, from outreach, medical record retrieval, coding, to final delivery. With the most significant health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, we aim to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For more information, go to www.episource.com and schedule a demonstration. James Lewis. My, my nephew, Bryce, who just turned nine, he beats the brakes off of me at FIFA. He's a soccer player. My, my nephews, Tristan and Bryce, are soccer players up in Cleveland. And every time I see them, we whip out the Nintendo Switch. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. It was talking smack to me. And I started to say, I was like, look, Bryce, man, you're, you're eight years old. We're about to take this outside and settle it like men. If you keep talking smack. Things get heated in, in, in battle on the sticks, as we used to call them. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance J Radio Network. Many years ago, I started this show on YouTube in my downtown Seattle studio apartment. I was flat broke and had no cable or internet. Had to walk to the Starbucks roastery or Pike and Miner just to upload the show for my dozens of listeners. This is why it's so exciting to be back in Seattle on KIXI Kixie, 880 AM weekdays from 4 to 5 PM. We'll be talking sports, music, healthcare, and just a little bit of politics. I think of the 206 is my second home, and it's great to be back.